Hello and welcome back to Connected. My name is Taylor, and if you don't know me, I'm one of the team leaders for crew here at the University of Idaho. Our hope for this podcast is to be a resource for you to grow in your relationship with God by having conversations about topics that are relevant to your life as a college student and that look at the intersection of faith, college, and culture. In this episode, I get the opportunity to sit down with my good friend, Nate Anglin, as we talk about how to walk with God through trials in life. Nate is a youth pastor here in Moscow at a local church, and as you'll gather from our conversation, is the master of analogies. He is someone whose love for the Lord and for people understanding the gospel is evident in any interaction that he has. Nate and I have talked about doing a podcast together for something like eight months, long before Connected was ever created, and it was so fun to actually be able to sit down and record one of our conversations. And this conversation is packed with so much wisdom and covers a wide variety of ideas from the way that controlling our life can actually hinder faith, to importance of connecting into a local church, to how experiencing intense pain actually helped Nate understand the gospel in a deeper way. This is a really great episode, and I really hope you enjoy hearing from my good friend. So with that, let's jump into how to walk with God through trials. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Connected, a podcast by Crew at U Idaho. I hope you all have had a great week this week, being able to breathe some fresh air. I know last week was kind of hard with all the smoke uh, disrupting our lives in so many different ways. Who would have thought that it would be smoke that got classes canceled uh, last week is beyond me. So um, I'm really excited about today. I've got my good friend, Nate Anglin, here with me today. Hi, Taylor. I'm stoked to be with you guys. (laughs) Yeah, and Nate is the youth pastor at a church here in town, uh, Bridge Bible Fellowship and is one of my really good friends here. Uh, And so I could talk about you a lot, Nate, but why don't you uh, just give a brief, who are you? Who is Nate Anglin? Uh, Yes, so uh, I'm married now for uh, 12 years, we just hit, and uh, my wife and I have five kids, and I've been working in ministry for... Go close to a decade. We're really we're at that like nine years all together uh, in different ways, mostly just working with uh, with teens. So and so, um, yeah, it's been quite an adventure. Life has. <laughs> so in a nutshell, that's that's Nate. Yeah, and you are my neighbor as well. Uh, and yes. so we get to live on the same plot of land and. Yeah, my, it's a lot of fun. My kids will show up on his porch occasionally, yes. uh, uninvited. <laughs> Granted, I've shown up uninvited as well. So Yeah, but you usually show up on a four-wheeler and let me drive yeah, it around, right. so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it changes everything. Or invite me to dinner. If so. you have snacks, yeah, cookies, you're always invited. Yeah. Well, Nate, you know, you were talking about this idea of how to walk with God in the midst of life's trials. Uh, and, you know, I, I know everyone has experienced trials at different times in their lives, but you actually experienced a pretty large trial, <laughs> life-changing trial a doozy. Uh, last year. Um, and some of, some of our friends who are listening have, know about that. Uh, but for those, of you, for those of them that don't, why don't you share just a little bit about what happened last year? Okay, so um, 
it's weird. I'm actually coming up on my anniversary of this event, but uh, a little background. Uh, I am a bit of an adventurous soul and uh, have been known to take some risks in my life. And uh, one of my hobbies, uh, really for, it's been like 10 years, uh, I have been flying paragliders. Uh, and so, um, and kind of progressed through the, the, the certifications of that. And uh, to my paragliding friends, I would be like a, uh, a expert pilot. He was known. <laughs> people knew him in the flying circles. Those, those like twenty <laughs> Don't let people. Him sell it short. Those twenty people that know about it, they knew about it. Uh, <laughs> it's not that bad. But uh, on October sixth of last year, uh, me and a good buddy of mine, Kyle, uh, were out at the Lewiston grade, uh, gonna go for a cross country flight. Uh, the 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 competition was to, to try and fly off the grade and and fly cross country back to Moscow. Uh, looked like a great day. Uh, and uh, about 10 minutes into this flight, uh, I suffered a collapse of my, my paraglider and entered uh, what's called a negative spin. Uh, and so just imagine, you know, uh, like a spiral dive, uh, if you will, but backwards, uh, kind of. <laughs> really bad fair ride scary scary uh and uh, because i was really low to the ground uh kind of had this like it was you know it's amazing how the huge events in your life can happen in these like split seconds mm -hmm. uh <laughs> and you make your decisions and i don't know you know what was best but i decided not to throw my reserve parachute because it takes 300 vertical feet uh to open a reserve sh chute on average you know, and I'm about 75 feet off the ground. And so I kind of had this moment, like, I'm going to, I'm going to fly this thing out. And, uh, uh, which is not an impossibility. Uh, I, I'd recovered from collapses like that before, but essentially it just didn't happen. Uh, and so, uh, I find myself, uh, cratering into the Lewiston grade, uh, 11 months ago. And, uh, Kind of my memories of the event are that I, there was kind of this moment where I'm like, I'm fixing it, I'm fixing it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not going to fix it. And I, the ground's rushing up. I, I threw my right hand out as if like, this is going to be helpful. <laughs> uh, and then just kind of like, bam, bam, bam. Uh, like I slammed into the ground and kind of tumbled down the hill. Uh, and I, I actually picked up my arm to to grab my radio to radio my buddy that I crashed and my my arm was broken and it just yeah. just bent like you know six inches uh, lower than it should have and I at that moment it was like oh my gosh I am broken you know and it was kind of like I, I guess I sort of entered shock you know really yeah. the next hours after that were just a blur yeah uh, but it required like paramedics showing up and like hauling me off the hill but you were in a spot where they couldn't even get to you right away. Uh, oh yeah no it was it was like 45 minutes for the ambulance to show up yeah uh, and then they had to like lower the stretcher down with ropes and like load me on there and pull me up uh, <laughs> and so well, what was like the the fallout from all that like what what was the like medical chart list oh. of everything that was <laughs> the carnage report uh so i broke my right arm uh and 
it took two surgeries to put that thing back together. Uh, so it was like the x-ray. It was, was a 90 degree angle. It was almost. insane. Well, it was kind of like my bone took an illegal left turn out the side of my arm. Uh, and, and like my wrist was just, yeah, I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it was gruesome. And, and anyways, I broke my sternum and uh, a couple of ribs. And then I broke my back in four places. Uh, two of them were fractures up higher, but down low, uh, L, uh, kind of one, two, and three uh, ended up having to get fused together. But what happened is L1 smashed into L2 uh, and actually broke a chunk out of it that lodged into my spinal cord. And so when the doctor was finally talking about this, he was he was like, dude, like you have the stuff that makes people paralyzed uh like you've got a chunk of bone stuck in your yeah. spinal cord uh and going into surgery there was a moment there where he he just said essentially we we have to take that out and so uh you can get just as paralyzed taking a chunk of bone out of your spinal cord as you can putting it back in you know and uh so there was actually a moment there why i i yeah, it seemed weird at the time because I was I was so broken laying in a hospital bed. I wasn't walking anywhere, you know, but to look back on it and realize we were talking about the rest of my life, like spent in a wheelchair, very yeah. real possibility, yeah. you know. Uh so kind of crazy. Yeah. So not not only, so just that accident alone is a lot to deal with. But there was some other things going on as well. You had just had a kid. <laughs> yeah, my poor wife. <laughs> Five months before that? Uh, four. Four months. Four months. Yeah, William, I think, was four months old. And, and did you, was it before or after that that you started the house remodel? Was that after? Yeah, that was after. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot going on. Of at course. The time, but... There's been so much this year. We'll throw COVID-19 into yeah. things. The funny thing is I was talking to Krista and like, with COVID-19 being in the story, like how much that has messed up our entire lives and all that, uh, like before that started, uh, my life like was, al- this would have already been the craziest, most Your incredible life was year. <laughs> so I don't even know how to, how do you like multiply that, you know? It's, yeah. It is. <laughs> it's yeah. insanity. I was actually, I got my Bible here and uh, as a bookmark, I got a, a handicap sticker. It ex- it expired in, in uh in April, uh, and essentially, like my handicap sticker expired the very month we were all going into quarantine. <laughs> like, oh, uh, what a year! The it things that have happened in just a year. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, we, I, I oftentimes think, man, I've had it hard with just the with COVID and all the things going on that have followed with that. But True. Well, <laughs> to you throw guys... in all the things that you guys have experienced as well. <laughs> like, it's a lot. It's it's a very large trial. Taylor brought me meals. I did. They were delicious. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I brought you donuts one time, too. Did you? Up at the... uh, (laughs) Up in uh, Coeur d'Alene or Post Falls, we brought you Oh, you did? Those tiny... Yes. Yes. Those are fantastic. Hello Sugar Donuts. Hello Sugar... They had no gluten. And I had never heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah. They were delicious. And and, and when you eat hospital food for a month... uh, Yeah. It matters. <laughs> well, Nate, we should probably jump into some of the, how did you walk with God through what you were experiencing? Because we could just talk and banter for hours yeah, there's the when we, we oftentimes do. <laughs> but um, so when you, so you found yourself in the hospital, um, 
that day and couldn't move. Uh, there is tons of pain. Yeah. Um, what feelings did you experience or what, yeah, what fr- like frustration? I would assume being, not being able to do the things that 24 hours ago you were able to do. Or, yeah. uh, what kind of things did you experience uh, through that? Um, well, I, I think that when you, uh, and, and here's just the reality. I think it will happen to anybody. Uh, you live life long enough, something will happen, uh, that bumps into your life that just consumes it. It's mm-hmm. bigger than your ability or your power. Uh, and, and it just eats you alive, you know? And I, and I think for me, I, uh, it was just as if this this event happened, and then all of a sudden, yeah, uh, my strength, uh, my ability, my to be a dad, to be, uh, I, I could all of a sudden no longer like literally lift a limb, you know, <laughs> which is incredible, and, and and you know it just immediately intercepted with uh, all the things that I do, you know, as a as a youth pastor, as a husband, or just like. I don't even know what happened to like the youth group that week, but I wasn't there. Uh, you know, you find out like how much the world doesn't need you, uh, really. But then all of a sudden, too, you wrestled with like, what do I do when something has consumed me that's that's so much bigger than me, and I have no control over it. Uh, you know, I'd say, especially in those first few days, like I experienced peace uh, that that really. Uh, past understanding, hmm. you know, and and you know, there's this uh, scripture. I'll just read it for you. It's it's in a Fl- Philippians, uh, but it, it says Philippians chapter four, uh, verse four says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone, because the Lord is at hand. Okay, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, here's the promise. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, so the, the promise of Scripture, you know, when you have a, a circumstance that's so much bigger than your entire existence, it, it's just bigger than you, it gobbles you up, uh, it's like God had a, had a promise laying right there for me that, that he had peace Uh, that can pass understanding like when my understanding is broken like i couldn't see a way for this to go well Mm -hmm. you know i got a doctor telling me i might not ever walk again uh like this is bad uh and (laughs) uh it's it's like god just entered into the story right there and he he really just provided that yeah in a in a very real way Uh, ironically a lot of the the struggle happened farther along in kind of the recovery process mm. and and later in in rehab like learning to walk again and things uh, but in those like first days there was just an incredible amount of peace and i think it, it's connected to how much control i had like there's a place where you're like it's i'm not even going to try to admit that i'm in control of anything you know like i literally cannot even pee for myself <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. it's it's bad news when you go to sleep uh, to get a surgery on your wrist and you wake up with a catheter in and yeah. nobody asked you and yeah. you didn't even notice you had it in for like it took me like half a day i realized like wow i haven't had to pee for a while and then you know you notice <laughs> like, that's messed up man 
<laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry, TMI. Uh, it is yeah. amazing, though, the just pride, too. Yeah. Like, uh, when you think about literally just the ability to, like, wipe your own butt, like, yeah. we don't realize that that's just a gift of God's grace. Like, to give 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 humanity some dignity, yeah. you know? But I just had experience over experience where I was totally helpless. And, you know, you you just have to, like have let other people wipe your butt sometimes you know and it sounds bad but in in the light of like just the reality of really struggling through hard things yeah um i think that we experience uh, love of other people in our lives uh and and we experience god's comfort the sooner we let go yeah. of that there's yeah. less misery yeah involved and you know we walking through this uh season with you we've seen God's people step in in a lot of ways, and we're gonna touch on that just in a little bit because yeah. there's yeah. been some cool things. I I, love, I, like, I really like that term. You gotta let other people like your butt. <laughs> yeah. like, no you know, quote. That's gonna be like the quote. That's right? gonna be the quote that people walk under away. the but, under the. You know what you just said is like uh, the time when you were the most out of control, like you were not the one calling the shots. You didn't have any sort of control. Was the points where you were you had to trust God more. Yeah. Uh, and that's when you felt the most peace. But then you said later down the road, when you started to get that control back, when you started to be able to see some progress, <laughs> right? Uh, why don't you talk about, uh, you know, maybe some of the ways that as things started progressing that you tried to respond in maybe the unhealthy ways. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, just really quick, like the outline, essentially what happened is uh, I, I spent a solid week in the hospital, uh, and then uh, once they got me all put back together, which I, I now have fused vertebrae and plates, plates installed. In yeah, it's kind of like Iron Man stuff. No, Wolverine. That's cooler. <laughs> you can't uh, walk through an airport security. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't tried yet. COVID. Uh, but... Uh, I got transferred up to a rehab hospital, uh, and these guys essentially, it was a pretty incredible place. Um, I would say, out of my whole experience, those guys uh, engaged well and cared about me hmm. in, in like just real genuine ways. And in fact, there were believers there. Uh, and you know, one thing that I also, just a sidebar inside of all this is, it's amazing when God strips you down, like literally to just having nothing but your hope in, in him, uh, how much easier it is to share the gospel. Like, Dude, you had so many spiritual <laughs> conversations oh, with the nurses I know. <laughs> and everyone. It was so funny to hear you talk about that. And it's like you just like find ways to like enter into things like when you don't care. And, I, and it might be too that when you're on heavy pain medications, like that helps, you know, but... I remember one nurse, she's like, essentially didn't want to talk about Jesus, right? And I did. I'm like, I'm like, hey, did you know, did you know that the Bible has a book in it written that's devoted totally like to sex? I'm like, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's called Song of Solomon. It's crazy, man. Like, who would have knew that's in the Bible? I'm like, you should go home and read that. Like, well, maybe I will. <laughs> you this know, just show all the things that you could turn into spiritual. Like, how how could you angle this? You know, it's like if I have no pride, I don't know. Might as well just try something. And uh, it it did. It, it uh, provided cool opportunities. But circling back around, uh, we're talking about just those th frust yeah. frustrations that yeah. were yeah. hard and were not handled well. Yeah. 
a um, couple experiences come to mind, but in the, in the rehab hospital, um, I, I actually had a panic attack mm-hmm. uh, in, inside of that time, and I, I did not know what was happening at the time. Um, I don't know how to make it into a short enough story inside of its details, but essentially what was going on is that my insurance was kicking me out of rehab uh, because I was recovering well, um, and I was talking to the doctor, okay, and and we're talking about my rehab and things are progressing, and uh, there's like a caseworker, uh, and she literally like walks by my my hospital room as I'm talking to the doctor, and she kind of pops in, and she's like, "Oh, I need to talk to you." Turns out, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have to leave. Your insurance is done, <laughs> but it, it changed uh, what the doctor and I were talking about, and. Uh, I think subconsciously, like I literally didn't process this well, you know, and sometimes you like, you just think like, okay, I'm a Christian, I need to trust God, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna trust him, and it's fine, and I don't like really f- feel the things that are happening around, yeah. uh, but I think subconsciously there was this thought that, oh, some nerd behind an insurance desk is in charge of my recovery instead of this doctor mm-hmm. who who I has been doing a great job, and I, mm-hmm. uh, I'm like... I don't, like, that's terrifying. That's a really terrifying thought. And it proceeded, uh, like, I didn't, like, process that out loud, but it proceeded to uh, just uh, kind of, like, I I started having, like, my heart was just, like, pounding and, uh, like, uh, all kinds of things were happening through the course of this day. Clear to the, I literally called in the nurse and I thought, I'm having a heart attack. Like, this is wrong. Something is broken. Yeah. (laughs) What what went south? Yeah, uh, they literally hooked me up to an AKG, and they're like, "I don't know what's wrong with you, uh, but like, there's nothing wrong. You're just, you know." And uh, it all went clear through the whole day. Finally, my brother walked in. He he was staying with me during that night. He looked at me. He just looked at me, and he's like, "Bro, what is wrong?" Because yeah. I was not doing well apparently. Yeah. Uh, and I just was telling him about this like crazy. I was having like, cr- like my neck was like all seizing up and, and it was like panic feeling and, and like all these things. Uh, and, and he was just like, when did this happen? And we started to rehearse the day and, and, uh, it forced me to think about this moment when, when this conversation happened with the doctor and he just asked me, he's like, Nate, it was just one question. Uh, do you believe that God can do whatever he wants, send you home whenever he wants, uh, or that it's the doctor or the insurance or whatever, you know, your, your ability. Uh, and he called into question my idolatry right there. You know, mm. like, do you trust God uh, or are you trusting in something else? Uh, and, and it was like in this moment, I looked at the story, like I'm alive, like I'm not paralyzed. I, yeah. like the the weeks have been insane. What you God had walking done. Walking at that point, I was, right? I, yeah, yeah, I was literally, which was kind of walking. <laughs> three, how, that wasn't very uh, long after. Yeah, we're we're like uh, four weeks, three yeah. weeks, yeah, four weeks, I guess, probably yeah. after, after the accident, yeah. you know. So I'm, we're already looking at miracles of God starting yeah. to take place, but here I am, uh, kind of reverting back to. You know, trusting in myself or yeah. trusting in my circumstances, yeah. and uh, or trusting in other people. Yeah, right. Rather than trusting in the exactly. Lord. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, well, and I think that was probably it. Like the medical profession, these guys know what I need and what's happening, and uh, and it was just like as if God was saying, like, hey, uh, do you remember when your problems were really huge and I was bigger? Like, 
don't forget that. Yeah. And and in that moment, and that scripture that I, I shared, like the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart. Mm-hmm. It's as if I took uh, God's truth right there through my brother's question, and I claimed it as mm-hmm. true. And it literally, it changed. Like in a moment, it changed this like panic attack, yeah. the, this this like the tension, the like everything of the day just like unwound yeah. in this peace that was incredible. I was like, like I know what that scripture yeah. uh, is saying and that it's true, you know, in the midst of whatever, you yeah. know. It, it's it's kind of a hard tension like in that moment because you've got doctors that God has put in your life for a time <laughs> and they have done really good work and then to say like this is being stripped away. It's not a bad thing to want that like want to be still in their care but also you know the idolatry of i can't be god can't protect me outside of this or you you know what i mean it's like that hard tension a little bit in there yeah not when i think god is just asking you know of me of you of any of us as we walk through hard things like where is kind of your anchor Mm -hmm. you know like uh is it really in God or, you know, does it just look like it's headed that yeah, direction? Yeah. You know, but when life starts to fall apart, uh, you're going to find uh, if your anchor is somewhere else, uh, it's going to start to slide yeah. and you're going to freak out, you know, because the thing you're hoping will come together or make good if that relationship works out. If, you know, that grandparent doesn't die, you know, if mm-hmm. your parents stay together, like whatever it is. You put your hope in. If that starts to unravel, starts to look like it's not working, uh, your emotions, uh, your your uh, hope, you're gonna lose peace, yeah. and it's gonna start to suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and at that point, I re- I really do think if if the thing we're trusting in, uh, you know, starts to fall apart, we we freak out. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the the funny thing the you know, inside of a lot of these struggles, you know, like going into this, I was just scared of needles. I was scared of needles. Like I'd never given blood in my whole life <laughs> because I'm like, don't even, don't even get close to me. You know, and literally I actually received blood during this. I yeah. <laughs> uh, got an infusion, which I'm, I'm still remembering. I'm gonna, you know, you have to, I feel like at this point, now that I'm like alive because of other people's blood, I should probably... Uh, man up you know but (laughs) it's like god is just saying like no 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 i've got to be bigger than bigger than all these things you know and yeah well how i mean i i just kind of alluded to this earlier but you saw god's people step in in some major ways and one of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast a lot is the importance of being in community um the importance of being known um being fully known, um, living with our, what we could say, walls down, uh, roof off, um, so that everyone can see and know you and God knows you. Um, but how did you see, uh, God's people intersect and comfort you in the midst of Hmm. your kind of the recovery process? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, and I, and I think I attribute it first off to actually being, connected in a faith community, a church, uh, that's really, uh, following God, uh, and they're loving God's people, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it started, it starts way before, you know, your crisis. Like, uh, 
if you want to experience uh, the body of Christ around you, uh, go do that, like right now. You, you have to be in the body of do Christ that. to experience the body of Christ. <laughs> There's one application, like find people that love Jesus and hang out with them. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and do it when life is good. Uh, hopefully do it uh, to come alongside uh, others in their struggle, you know. But what I experienced uh, is this incredible surrounding of... Uh, I don't even know, like, everyone, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a couple, like, uh, a couple that, like, stand out uh, when it comes to, like, ministering to me, uh, and, and one of them is a, is a guy named Chris. Uh, he has MS and has been sitting in a wheelchair uh, for, God, like, 20-ish years at this point, and, and he has actually slowly been losing uh, the ability to even steer himself, you know, mm-hmm. so his, like, his arms, his hand, he just... He's got a mouth, and he actually has a great mouth, and he uses that a lot. Uh, but if any of you know him, you know exactly what I'm talking true. about. There's this moment, though. I'm laying in the hospital bed, and I and the door turned constantly. I mean, encouragement, notes, uh, all kinds of people. Uh, but Chris Weigel, bless his heart, rolls through my hospital room door in his wheelchair, and uh, and I realized in that moment that it doesn't matter what happens to me. Like, there are others around me in my community of believers uh, that know how to do life uh, in hard circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if I'm going to be a wheelchair buddy, uh, Chris and I will, will be that together. Uh, and he knows how and he'll show me because he has trusted the Lord through that. And, uh, like, God's people uh, have the power uh, when, when uh, kind of unleashed on a body part that's hurting, if you will, inside of that body of Christ, uh, to, to, to really support the pain. You know, they can hold that in a way. Uh, it's still going to hurt, uh, but in a way that's, that's bearable. And... Yeah, that's huge in in all kinds of ways. I, even financially, there was there's just meals that rolled through my house. There's people that drove my kids to school for months. Yeah. Uh, you know, financially, uh, people gathered around and 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 were so incredibly generous to us. Uh, you know, and and I, some people spent the night with you. <laughs> some people spent the night with me <laughs> and had to wipe your butt. <laughs> yeah, and do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. It's a it's a very interesting day when another one of the elders of the church uh, is <laughs> is coming to visit me, and you kind of have this moment where, well, I just had to go to the bathroom, and I wasn't getting out of bed, so somebody's got to hold the pee bucket, and I happen to have a broken arm. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, there's an elder of the church currently holding my pee bucket, so I can you know not pee my bed. The most oh god out of control. <laughs> this is the thing you are with you, life. It's humiliating, you know. But yeah, you know, in a way, it's it's incredibly comforting too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like there's people that know me a little better, yeah. and quite frankly, I know mm-hmm. uh, the strength and the power that is inside of God's church too, in a way that's unreal. Like yeah. right now, as I look at other needs that are showing up in our community around us through COVID, through economic problems and things like. I know that I can take the the church mm-hmm. uh, and and mobilize that towards needs, and it will like change the world. And it's really living out of God's call on the church to be that 
yeah force in society that loves people that lifts people up that reflects jesus to him so yeah i i feel like just even from the outside watching all that was going on uh as the church came around you and your family like i learned more about (laughs) what the church is yeah because of that it gets you pumped up kind of you know like makes me just ready you know to see like how does god want to use us you know, collectively, whatever it is, on campus, in our communities, inside of the, the body that that we're a part of, you know. And um, yeah, it's funny when you experience it, it's like all of a sudden I have, I just, I got faith, man. Yeah. Like I yeah. know yeah. Uh, that God can show up and it, yeah. it matters and it'll change your life. Yeah. How did you see, because I know in conversations with you about how your faith grew as a like out of this response mm-hmm. of this, but how did you see the gospel take deeper root in your life through that recovery process? Uh, yeah. Well, a couple things like, uh, I mean, first off, I just walked into, uh, you know, that, that afternoon on October 6th, uh, I walked into more physical pain uh, than I have ever endured, uh, at any level you know and the funniest thing ironically at the time like when you break your back I mean it hurt really bad but what hurt worse is when I broke my sternum I had these like my chest had these two you know bones in there that every time you breathe you could just feel these bones grinding together Mm -hmm. and it was it was it just made you not want to breathe anymore Hmm. hurt so bad every breath and I realized uh, I realized kind of in the midst of this incredible suffering that, that Christ, like in the gospel, Christ lays down his life uh, as, a, uh, as a payment for sin. Mm-hmm. Like the, the penalty of sin uh, was death. Like that's what it took uh, to, to pay for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sitting there just suffering in deep pain. And I got like great meds, you know. It's like they got good stuff, man. <laughs> They got stuff that'll make you forget your name and, and you don't care. Uh, you know, but, but I have this great pain and it, and it was sort of like God said, like, here's the gospel, like you're understanding, like Jesus died for your sins, you know, oh, that's nice and Christian-y, you know, but it's like your sin was a huge and expensive uh, uh, thing that he absorbed on your behalf, which means like, I don't it's weird to think about this. Like I love, I love you, Taylor, but I, I like, I just don't know that I would endure the same pain I had. Like, so let's not even go to death. Let's just yeah. say the same pain I had. Yeah. I don't know if I would just sign up for like, yeah. you suffer through the same pain you had again, just to save Taylor from, you know, something <laughs> like, I don't know that I have that category. Yeah. I just honestly, yeah. <laughs> that amount of love. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I won't use my like wife or kids examples because maybe I'd man up, you know, but, but Christ does, you know, and the reality of the gospel message just became so much deeper. Like the amount of love God must have for me and for you is just vastly deeper than I had. I never had a box to hold it in. God was like, here's your pain box. Like, and then he's like, listen, like with how much this is, God loves you more than that. Like he's willing to... He's willing to absorb more uh, than what you've experienced, uh, and it's just it's it's just um, kind of undone uh, 
just my gratitude for 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 the Lord, mm-hmm. like that He would enter into my situation and do that for me. Like He loves me. Uh, that's huge. Yeah, you know. So that that's one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of notable, uh, just an expansion of the gospel. He's yeah. like, you need to put this in a lot bigger box. Uh, like God's love for you and for me uh, is way bigger, way deeper, uh, wider. I think that's what Paul says, right? Yeah, yeah. How deep and how wide. Uh, you know, Paul's wanting us to understand like this breadth of God's love that's huge. And it's like when we see that, all of a sudden... To turn your life around and to, to share the gospel, to serve others that are struggling, uh, to, to love people, that's nothing yeah. uh, inside of like God's love towards us. It, it's, it's, it's a pleasure yeah. to do that. It's kind of interesting you know? even thinking like the amount of pain you experienced on meds like, <laughs> it, like isn't, doesn't even compare to the experience that Christ like experienced on the cross. And, you know, I even think... I, maybe this was something similar like uh, for you, but understanding like that Christ identifies and understands where you're at in that moment because of the pain. He, like he's like, I, I know. I know. I know yeah. what you're experiencing. There's comfort there. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm with you in this. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, and like Christ's suffering is not only physical, that's a part. So I say like maybe God gave me a, a, a sliver of really what that is, but Christ ultimately suffered separation from God. Yeah. You know, which uh, we don't have a category for what that looks like to be in a perfect relationship with your heavenly Father, and then to have that ripped yeah. apart. Uh, but just inside of suffering, though, it is interesting uh, that because uh, probably one of the most significant things on the other side of this for me has been that God has just stirred a really uh, a deep empathy for others that are in pain. Mm. You know, just physical pain. Like I care mm-hmm. more about that yeah. <laughs> i will come visit you in the hospital if they would let me in <laughs> yeah. you know and, and even this last week i've been in conversations uh with people in physical pain it just it breaks my heart and i mm-hmm. i all of a sudden just have capacity to care uh about that in a way that i didn't before you know mm-hmm. and so it is weird that you can have an experience and it changes who you are yeah. you know it's like on the other side and in a way I had a recovery that's really good yeah uh, you know and I still I got my aches and pains and I'll I'll be feeling it yeah. uh, later on in life yeah uh, you know but I can walk you know I can I can essentially go back to pretty much what I was doing before yeah uh, which what a blessing yeah you know? it's amazing to think of where you were a little less than a year ago yeah. stuck in that bed to seeing you now walking I mean you redid your entire house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there it is. By your, really, by almost by yourself. That's uh, funny. In a lot of ways. And, yeah. Um, so that it, it's it's a testament to God's grace on your life too. It has been. You know, it's funny that you would even mention that part too, because we, my wife and I, had been saving for this remodel we wanted to do, and uh, well, essentially, all of that cash would have gone straight into my broken back if it wasn't for just the generosity of people around us, mm-hmm. which is blessing number one. But uh, number two, another thing that happened inside of this is that, like, as a man, I've, I've always had this tendency to connect my value uh, to my ability to produce. Like, essentially, I'm valuable to God or I'm valuable to my friends because I uh, have something to offer. Basically, uh, like who I am or what I do is who I am. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And and just imagine overnight, yeah. it gets stripped from you. You can't do anything. You can't even pee in a bucket. You know, it's like, uh, who are you? And I, and I actually really wrestled uh, through the season of, of uh, trying to believe, uh, trying to believe what God said that I am valuable. Not because of my works, what I've produced, but because he chose me. He created me. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm valuable. He mm-hmm. said you're valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so, like, look at the uh, blanket my kid carries around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, that might be the most precious thing in the world to my kid. Uh, I can't be like, hey, you know, Evan, give me your blanket. I'm going to sell this on eBay for a million dollars. Like, we're going to be rich, you know? Like, if I take it from him, his life falls apart, right? Yeah. Uh, it's It's valuable, but... Uh, it's not valuable because it's intrinsically valuable because it has something good to offer. It's valuable because the the person uh, that that values it has said it's valuable. Mm. You know, when we look at at the gospel and what God has said, uh, that is ultimately our value. Like mm. it has nothing to do with what you and I produce. We are just a disgusting blanket. Uh, but God has said, "Hey, listen, you're valuable. Yeah. Uh, I want you," uh, and so it's it's kind of like changed yeah. my perspective of of how his love works. Yeah, you know. So when I'm really knocking it out of the park and doing super great or something, it's like, well, that doesn't matter. He still loves me the same. When I'm failing, uh, he still loves me the same. You know, it's like my value's fixed. Yeah, uh, I just want to live a life of response yeah. about what Christ has done for me. You know, I don't know how valuable it is, but I want to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. Because it's awesome. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> There's so much. I want to keep digging into this. I know. This we're just, where are we going? We're at Part 40 two. minutes here. And so <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I know I want to respect your time. I want to respect the people who are listening's time as well. Um, but one last question for you, man. Okay. Uh, so we've just talked about your story in a lot of ways and kind of the, the lessons that we learned, you learned about how to walk with God through these, this trial and that I think could be applied to all these different areas but you know there these students are uh or our friends that are listening right now um maybe they're not experiencing a broken back um but maybe they're experiencing something like you know an end of a relationship uh that is really painful and it feels very deep right now or watching their their parents go through a divorce or uh even just trials that are brought about by covid or by school or you know run the gamut on mm. trials yeah uh, what advice do you have for them uh as they try to walk through those or what would be some things you say like hey here's some things from my story that i have learned that i think would be really helpful for you uh yeah good question um well i think uh that it's important that we don't like compare mm. stories you know like uh suffering is not, uh, you know, in a sense, like I might have had some dramatic experience, but that doesn't mean uh, that uh, some, you know, a a relational breakup or, you know, it doesn't mean that that hurts less. It doesn't mean that it's insignificant compared to what you experienced. You know, and and I would just like to just, it's, somebody needs to say that, uh, you know, that as as we uh, engage uh, with struggling, don't tell yourself uh, this shouldn't hurt because it's not as bad as so and so or thus and such, mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of cram it down, mm-hmm. you know. And because we'll do this, we'll take a lot of little pains, 
and we'll kind of uh, uh, minimize them and cram them down. Uh, and then what it equals out is like a big meatloaf of pain eventually that's just going to smash you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think instead of that, uh, I don't know why I said meatloaf. Is that even a, is that how you make meatloaf? <laughs> Never made it. So. <laughs> Never made it. Just don't. Okay, yeah. don't make meatloaf. Moral of the story. Put that on a t-shirt. Uh, no, it's not terrible. Anyways, <laughs> I think it's important though that you take whatever the struggle is and, and give it dignity, call it what it is, admit that it hurts, deal with it with the Lord. You know, there was a time uh, for me when uh, I gave up paragliding. I love paragliding. Uh, and But as I just like was really praying about it and thinking about it, I, I came to this conclusion that I, I can't do this to my family again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've gotten this amazing recovery. I could go back to it. Uh, but but I, I want to love my wife, right? Essentially, I want to love my wife, and I can't go flying again without her thinking about that and mm-hmm. worrying about that. Uh, and so I had to take this thing that I love uh, and and say goodbye to that on the on the uh, because because I wanted to love my wife, you know, at least at least for a season. Let's see, <laughs> who knows where you'll find me next. Uh, but for me, uh, it came down to, I actually took my log book, you know, I have like a thousand hours logged of, of paragliding. I took my log book out on, on the lake, uh, and, and just spent a day looking back on the good memories that were there. Like what incredible things happen, you know, cause all pain is, uh, associated with some sort of loss. You had something good that it hurts you that you don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of pain you have, whether it's physical or emotional or whatever. Uh, COVID is is wrecking your life. It's because you had something awesome and now you don't have it anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, if, if you're going to mourn that well and trust the Lord through it, you need to acknowledge what that was that you had. Uh, and I literally just had a conversation with God and I wept that day. I wept mm. that day. I said, Lord, look at these incredible things that I got to have. And I gave them dignity and I just said, thank you forgiven them to me. You know, Lord, thank you that I got to have all these awesome experiences. Um, and, uh, and it's like I uh, let go of that and acknowledged the good and felt the pain of that. And I received uh, the Lord's peace inside of that, that it really was right that it happened. God knew better and that I had other things to do with my life. You know, I, I bought a sailboat uh, and I, I've been taking my kids out and we've just been playing on the water and it's been, it's been a joy. It's been great. Uh, I wouldn't have done that unless mm-hmm. this happened. So acknowledge what God has inside of the pain. Maybe, uh, maybe you're experiencing some terrible physical pain, uh, that is oh, just demoralizing. Uh, it means that you are receiving right now the gift of being able to empathize through that with somebody else that's in in great pain Mm -hmm. maybe it's a breakup the loss of a family member whatever that is uh like there's going to be a generation of people who know how to help somebody that's going through isolation because of COVID-19 like as believers if we if we mourn and process well uh we will be able to engage uh in isolated people that are that are in pain and and help them uh, like really have have a soft heart, you know. And so, yeah. I don't know if that answers the no, question. That's really good. Thank you so much, man. I uh, 
I just was I was writing some notes down of things that I feel like are are the tweetable moments from this conversation, and so <laughs> they, for the people TLDR, use, we use Twitter. Still? I use Twitter, uh, <laughs> but for the TLDR of the people who actually made it this far, and they're like, "What Old did I people. Just listen to?" Uh, you know, I I, mm. I love the question you asked, like, "Who is the anchor of your life?" Uh, we need to make sure that God is the anchor of our life, and really, trials kind of reveal that um, in a lot of sense. Uh, the importance of being plugged into a local community of followers of Jesus and mm. uh, not not for the blessing that comes when you walk through these trials, but what they bring day in and day out um, in our lives and being able to encourage us um, and challenge us, but then also to be able to encourage and challenge and bless others um, in the midst of that. And then lastly, your pain is valid. Um whatever trial you're going through, we can acknowledge that pain is valid, uh, that it isn't insignificant to God. Um, and we can mourn and we need to mourn. And we also need to process yeah. uh, through those things. And so Nate, thanks so much for hopping on here and yeah, having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you guys for hanging in there and listening to this episode. I wish I could talk, uh, wish we could talk for another three hours. Cause I feel like Nate has so much wisdom uh, and it would probably go into all sorts of different rabbit trails on here. But um, we, again, hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, and yeah, if you want to connect with Nate, you can uh, just reach out to crew at you Idaho um, on Instagram and we can get you his um, contact information as well. But grace and peace to you all and have a great weekend. <laughs>